What's going on, Uplanders? Welcome to the UPX Podcast. I am Too Stupid to Win, and I'm joined by Thank Me Later. What's going on, Thank Me Later? What's up, brother? I cannot tell you how much that, that entry music just gets me jazzed. Like, just sitting here, bobbing my head, like, yeah, that is a, that is a kicking jam. I love it. It gets me hyped, gets me ready. Uh, we got a great show coming up for everybody today. Uh, at the end of this, we will announce the winners from the Alamo Square giveaway, so stay tuned for that. We have uh, yeah. 25 entries into that. And so I'm excited for that, and I got a couple messages making sure that they didn't miss the announcement who got the four properties in the Alamo Square neighborhood. Uh, so if you join this podcast and you do not play Upland, uh, thank me later. Why don't you tell us a little bit of what is Upland? Yeah, so Upland is it's a property trading game. It's based on blockchain technology, which if that's your thing, then you know what that means. And if it's not your thing, just know that it's an ultra secure you know, way of validating and essentially preventing cheating and hacking from uh, you know, like trading properties. Uh, that's just the starting. So like right now it's still in beta. It's <clears throat> unbelievably cool. Right now it's, it's all based on real life addresses. So starting in San Francisco, uh, New York is right around the corner. Uh, the idea is you buy, sell, trade the properties. But again, that's only the first level. That's just really where there are beta. There's some other features like treasure hunts, things like that. But coming soon is going to be property development. Um, so having in-game stores that sell both real life and virtual merchandise, uh, customizing your explorers, uh, exploring the map. So much cool stuff. Uh, it's it's a game I've really excited to be a part of um and it's growing just unbelievably fast uh the the amount of, of new players joining every day literally um is pretty awesome so uh you can definitely check it out uh upland.me uh to see more information start playing the reason i'll be honest like for me the fact that it's mobile first so a lot of these like blockchain type games um there's a promo going on with crypto kitties I, I couldn't get into it. All the wallets, they make all that seamless. They, they take care of all the wallet technology. You can download it on your iPhone, your Android. You can do it on your PC, your tablet, anything. So it's super accessible. Literally, you just start with an address and or your email address, and you're pretty much set to go. And some two-factor authentication. It's so easy to start compared to some of these other games. Um, so, yeah. And you get hooked quick. Get hooked really quick. You you start out and you're like, let me become an uplander, and then you say, well, I need some more upex. Get give me more, buy more, buy more. Um, just, yeah. Just in the last twenty four hours, they've had one point seven thousand players um, playing upland, and over the last week, there's been six point one k users. So we got we got a good community that's growing, and that's the big thing is the community. And check us out on Discord. You know, Discord's where the community happens and where we have a lot of conversations and speculation and strategy. And it's a great place for the new players to come in and learn from some of the people that have been playing since it first came out in June of last year. 
Yeah, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about it uh, later in the show, but great community, great community of content creators. Uh, there's a lot of uh, people out there creating uh, good information and guides and tutorials. Uh, the community is very helpful. Join the community. like that. I'll be honest, I probably spend 80% of my time um, interacting with the community and 20% of my time actually like in the game playing uh, just because for me it's, it's about strategizing. It's about talking what's the next hot neighborhood, which, again, we're going to get to. Um, you know, it's talking about upcoming features and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So huge part of this game and enjoying it is being a part of the community. And it's just a lot of really great people. Speaking of the neighborhood channels, last night in the Lakeshore channel, everybody's favorite <laughs> Ronald T. Rump hit a screenshot of somebody's block explorer going across the lakeshore lake and it was a it was a pig and he said this you filthy swine there should be no swimming in my bathing lake by animals or that little turd explorer i saw that last night crossing in the moonlight i kind of take offense because i'm that turd explorer i mean as a turtle i take offense to a turd swimming in my in my lake as well so I'm, I think I'm with Ronald T. Trump on this one because, uh, yeah, try to keep our waterways clean. I feel like we should be able to do a city ordinance that's like certain block explorers are not allowed in waterways. And I'm sorry, but the flaming, puking pile of should probably be on that list, I'm just saying. And I was kind of jealous when you picked up the south water treatment uh, down there on the southeast side of the city. <laughs> I, I was waiting for that to become available to buy because I thought it would be awesome if I got that property of being a waste treatment facility, but yet having that mm. as my block explorer. Oh, man. Well, we might be able to work something out. Yeah. I and think- actually, the neighboring properties, that reminds me. So and I know we're going to cover some more other things that, that have happened over the past week. Last on the last podcast, I mispronounced uh, a good buddy of mine's uh, name, and I apologize. It is Z Hidalgo Kids. If you know him, you know he is a, a big time. He's purchased up some huge lots, which actually he owns the two right next to it, including the current largest um, up squared uh, property in the game, which is like 4,983 or 84 uh, up squared which is also right there on that bay. So a uh, shout out to Z Hidalgo kid and uh, his brother, June June out of Japan, actually. Very cool. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I didn't know they were brothers. I learned something today. My day is I might complete. Have just made that up. I might be wrong. Brothers or cousins. They know each other. They're super cool. I'll have to clarify. I'll have an update for you on the next podcast if I have incorrectly identified them as brothers. (laughs) Outstanding. And we do want to thank you guys, the listeners. Last week was our first podcast. Last week, one of us never even listened to a podcast before in their life. So, you know, it was our first podcast, and we had listeners in 14 countries. That's impressive. I knew Upland was a game that was played throughout the world, and I talking to the guys from Germany, United Kingdom, Australia, but... Man, to see 14 different countries listen to this podcast. Thank you guys so much. I didn't even think we'd have that many listeners or, you know, from that many countries. So that blew my mind. So thank you guys. Yeah, huge. 
please. Like, that's awesome. Like, I, I don't even know if I could name 14 countries. That's, that's so cool. So, of course, we got to increase our, our how many countries listen to us. But there, there's still some countries that I've talked to people that have not listened to the podcast. I know some people out there in Costa Rica and some people out there in Poland. But, hey, we'll get there. Yeah. Costa Rica. I'm expecting a Costa Rica. I know who you're talking about. There's a couple of them. I'm going to be pinging them this week. So, if you're listening, they're coming for you. Or we already came for you, I guess, technically. Yeah, we already came for them, and they're listening. <laughs> you're, you're hearing this now. We found you. Yeah. Uh, before we dive too much deeper into the podcast, do want to get the disclosure out there that Upland is not responsible for the content of this podcast. Thoughts and opinions discussed on this show are mine and thank me laters. We are not affiliated with the company in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we are just very passionate fans and players of this game and just like to provide that insight and help the community grow. So, But we do have the Upland Contributor Network launching in July. Uh, a lot of people, I heard there was a meeting today on that, and they're getting ready to for their launch. That, that's exciting for the people that are involved in that. Yeah, so that'll be the official network. I mean, that's kind of like the, the seal of approval. Um, you know, that's the, you know, making sure that there's content quality, uh, and, you know, making sure that everything's kind of aligned, coordinating messaging and brands as well. So that way people don't step on each other's toes. Um, you know, you're going to see big names that, you know, uh, shout out to uh, oh, the Hidalgo kids in June, June, uh, with Upland Central. Uh, you're going to see Left House coming out, uh, you know, Market Llama. There's, there's going to be a bunch, I, and I feel bad because I, I know that I didn't include everyone in that, um, but uh, those are, I'd be slightly biased, those are definitely some of the ones I'm excited to see um, the next content from. But anyone, essentially, you have to, it's a very rigorous process, you have to put in submissions, you have to submit works that you've done, um, there's a verification of identity, and uh, you have to um, essentially get approved by the founders and, and the, the dev team to get this kind of seal of approval and, and there'll be more on like the official rollout but yeah all of all of the people that are essentially will be UCN verified like that's going to be the quality content that'll be the premium content that you want to look for um, first um, definitely out there and if uh, too stupid ever gets his act together he may also join the Hey, this will be my second piece of published material. I am working on an article for uh, for Medium, and I might get it on PublishXO. Uh, but I got a hectic life. I juggle it. <laughs> right? I juggle it, but yeah, I, I'm excited. Uh, I, I should be getting my application into the U, uh, UCN here soon, and hopefully I'll be approved pretty quickly. Uh, hopefully they approve of the content. I know there's we got pinged in some top cities right around Los Angeles. So I know and San Francisco. So I know people out there are also listening too. Um, so excited for that. So let's jump on into the show today. Uh, one of the one of the things we've been seeing a lot in Discord lately is the talk about collections and, and the importance of collections and how that's a how that's a big impact to your return on investment and your way to get your monthly OPEX increase. So we thought we'd dedicate a show right now to just 
pretty much go over collections, our thoughts on collections, the strategies to it, and how you can benefit from it. Yeah, so there's currently, what, 21 official collections. There has been, to my knowledge, two temporary collections, the Easter collection and the Habanagros. I believe those are the, the only two that have ever been that we've had that were temporary. Um, I think there's currently four members that are 21 of 21, very exclusive club, including myself, as thank me later, um, my main man, Mr. Monopoly, and the K-Twins, Kenny and Kent. They're not twins. They're not related at all. It's just they both have short K names. And, yeah. Uh, so I think that's probably the high level of, like, what what it is. Um, so I, it's interesting because they drive. That's really the only way to get additional interest outside of the initial. So just a quick number so i'm a numbers guy i could talk about this all night every property earns the same base interest of 1.44 percent a month so if you ever want to know how much was the initial cost of any property go look at the monthly interest divide it by 0.144 you will get a number that was the original minting price that's what it costs to buy unminted so every property in upland today has that same interest rate. The only thing that changes that, so in theory, if there were no collections, the value of each property from a monthly earnings perspective would be identical. Um, now, your cost per up squared obviously varies greatly. I've seen as low as 30 and 40 uh, upx per up, to, up squared. Those are all long gone. Um, and up to like 6,600 and something for like airport properties. But your interest is again, based on what you pay. Uh, then you have the collections, which are modifying, which is uh, up to 1.1, which is a 10% bonus all the way up to the curator, which is your 3X uh, bonus, which is the largest in the game. And so it is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, as the game develops, this is where the collections come into play, being in the original city of San Francisco, because as a secondary market takes and you're trading between players and people are turning their profits on their property, you're not getting the full return on investment. So with these collections, it's a good way to boost your monthly income so you can continue to pick up properties, maybe save up for the New York City release, save up for the property development. Um as thank me later was saying the curators the top of the line at 3x uh, usually you come in come in and start working on what they call the blue collection that will get you 1.1 to 1.3x depending on the collection yeah so i mean if you're if you're just starting out like newbie san franciscan uh sunset king of the street King of the Street, definitely uh, look at that. Uh, City Pro, as soon as you get five, you get City Pro. Uh, knock those out. Like, try and get five properties um, and knock off as many of those as you can. Then, I mean, again, depending on your budget, yeah, knock it. Go to, like, Mission District. Honestly, my 
my mission street i had up accidentally not accidentally but like three months ago mission street like i had that like a two or three x return just because whatever they all sold to different people too by the way today um like over 150,000 in property just on mission street so like even the smaller properties are driving up um some significant earnings um i really like uh russian hill uh right now russian hill gets a 1.8x and it's not really talked about you know there there was a big push on the mission street mission district city pro covers almost everything hot ashbury that's been sold out that was the first neighborhood to sell out uh, which one? Hyatt Ashbury? Yeah. Yeah, it did. I'll be honest. A lot of hype on Hyatt Ashbury. Um, I mean, I bought into it. I still have. Um, I mean, that was one of the first ones that I really went in. I bought like 12 properties there. Um, I'm down to like maybe five. So like my four plus one. Um, again, the, the concept that everyone has the same base interest. So when you're looking at it, like, again, it's a collectible. So you're going to get your value from reselling it. So you have to look at those kind of properties as I'm buying it. And then what, like, how quick do you want the return? Like, what are you buying it for? Am I buying it to do a short-term flip? So like in the next, like, four weeks, um, you know, am I making a play towards this market? Do I see incoming people um, really snatching it up? Or am I like, this is a long-term game. I really want this collection. Um, it's going to be a really interesting neighborhood and play along. Um, and, I mean, I, I know one of the things we'll talk about is, you know, with the announcement of these community collections, all of a sudden there's a lot of hype in different areas that um, kind of starting to stray away from the traditional collections. But, I mean, I'll tell you right now, like if I had to do it again, I, I mean, I think Curator only has, two left that are unminted. So like you can't buy curator, um, not like fully unminted. You'd have to go to the secondary market and the ones that are unminted are like, uh, 3.8 million and, uh, like 4.3 million. So you're looking at 8 million plus another 2 million, probably to buy one secondary market. So 10 million, but, still a great deal um yeah there's only um, two left unminted and and your ultra rare collection the crooked lady or the crooked lombard and the painted ladies those sold out fast the curator you had to invest some serious money into to acquire there there were some initial curators out there at a cheaper price but when they released those extra 12 or whatever it was they were pretty pricey there yeah and again keep in mind like, if I'm buying the curator, like, let's say that for some reason there was a one that was up for sale for 10000 uh OPEX, right? If that's its unminted value, like, it's not gaining that much interest. So 3X on whatever that is, 140 a month, like, you're, you're not getting that much. Like, the value of the curator is that you're, in, you're putting in a huge investment, right? So, I mean, look at uh, Noise Demetia. Like, some of these guys came in and just dropped huge amounts. Their monthly UPEX right now is insane. Um, I'm sure it's 
well over, you know, it has to be in the, I don't even want to, I don't want to say it's over uh, a million a month. Cause they, I don't think that that's true. Him but, and Dizzy have to be close to a million a month because I was looking at the curator collection myself and I figured I need 11 or 12,000 us dollars to put into it. And that would give me about 450,000 UPEX a month. Yeah. And then if you get your financial district somewhere right along there too, since Dizzy and Noyce made some huge splashes and picked up those properties, they got to be pushing 700 to a, to a million up X a month coming in off their collections. Yeah. I mean, like I know I'm sitting at about 500 pretty consistently. Um, so that's literally because yeah, curator and, and financial district, like, so that's the thing. I mean, you definitely want to, if you're playing on the higher end, I mean, you want to start looking at your financial district. I think you can still get in for like two or three million unminted. Do not buy secondhand. That's just my personal thing on that. Uh, especially in that financial district when you can buy it, um, you know, unminted, you're going to get the, a better deal there. Unless for some reason somebody's trying to liquidate, but no one's trying to liquidate financial district. There's too much speculation on it potentially becoming a, a hub for uh, banking businesses. So uh, again, 100% speculation, but when they come out with businesses, if there's different regulations for different areas, uh, given the, the nature that um, financial district is, it requires four, it has some of the highest costs per up squared um, anywhere. And it's only like 2.35 is not that much higher. So this is what people need to understand. Like you look at something like Market Street, Lombard Street. Now those are now selling out. Market Street's all but sold out, um, except for I think a couple financial districts. Like those are in the two X as well. Yeah. Like two X. Market Street's two two five and Lombard's two point two. So yeah. they're pretty close. Uh, your established your inaugurals are two point three, and your financial districts two three five. Your iconics. Yeah. There are some iconics that are not available yet, and that's a two six five. That's a pretty good return. You know, you're getting pretty close to the ultra rare collection there. You're the top line of the red collection. Yeah. So iconic, likely again, asterisk pure speculation. They did do a launch of uh, like twelve additional uh, museums uh, a month or two ago. Uh, likely, I would imagine we'll see the same for iconics because there's already a couple that are. Um, not released around the city. They're still locked. I would imagine we'll see those unlock over time. Uh, so I expect that that'll be out there. But my point is, like, people think, oh, I have to get to these red and yellow collections. First of all, you're never going to get to Crooked Lumbar Painted Ladies. Those are sold out. I know the people who own them. Like, unless you're dropping, like, insane mounts, like, don't worry about them. Like, it's fine. And they, Curator, didn't, they didn't cost that much either. The amount of money that you'd have to put into obtaining... They didn't cost that much. Nowhere close to what they costed. Oh, no. No, those would be pure, like, I'm going to hold this. Like, and the thing is, like, there's going to be a very small market for that. Um, and, I mean, this is this goes into a whole, a whole other mentality of, like, yeah, okay, so if somebody paid $10 million for a painted lady, let's say, like, think of everything else you could buy for $10 million. Like, that's the thing is, like, right now, like, yes, I, I wouldn't sell a Painted Lady. If I had Painted Ladies, no way I'd be selling them at all right now because I would want $20 million a piece for them. 
Um, but the reality is like, it doesn't, you can't really do that yet because 20 million still gets you into like the curator and that's going to get you insane more UPEX per month. And you're not going to be able to flip painted ladies. If you buy them for say 20 million a piece, you're going to want to sell them for 50 million a piece and you're not going to get that for a long time. So, um, it's just a different strategy. And this is why I tell people like, you look at something like Nob Hill, Nob Hill is still a two X return. Like, C-Clips sold out. Um, like, C-Clips sold out so quick. So um, after we started the, the neighborhood um, things, I think that's one of our next topics is talking about neighborhoods and how that created a lot of hype uh, in the fan Discord channel. Um, if you're not in it, please check out the Upland fan Discord channel. We have uh, Discord uh, different channels for each of the um, neighborhoods and some of the collections and you'll see the sea cliff there was some hype around it and a couple big whales came in and all of a sudden uh, bought them. nice again came in bought like 53 of them or something ridiculous uh, it's a 2.15 hey guys go, go a little bit over Knob Hill 2x returns and you can have up to 5 properties so this is a great benefit the way you do something like this you buy the five cheapest you can afford right now, and then you sell your cheapest, and then you keep upgrading. And since it's five, you're going to have a lot of inventory in that market, so you're not limited. Um, and there's still plenty of uh, things available. So Yeah, uh, Upper Knob Hill selling out, Lower Knob Hill's available. And, and you hit it right on the head right there is that's what you do. You get into these collections, you start flipping these collections and start buying the bigger up to properties in the collection. So you're constantly, mm-hmm. you're making money from the sale. You're also improving your ROI each month and it's mm-hmm. compounding interest. It's that's the amazing thing is this is a game, but you got to look at return on investment, compounding interest. You have to develop a spreadsheet because unfortunately in game, they don't have a good filter to give you the top properties for your collection to select. You have to go through all of it. So you got to develop a spreadsheet. Yeah. You definitely need a tracking mechanism. So do you, do you use a spreadsheet? Yeah, I got a spreadsheet um, broke down by each collection and what I currently have holding the collection and what I have available so when a new property comes in, I just add it to it, and I, I look to maximize my ROI. Um, I didn't do that at first, and it was very painful when I realized I had a lot of money I was leaving out there each month. So then I sat down and spent a couple hours of categorizing it like that. Yeah, I I used to run an air table, and I might try and re- revise it, uh, which is essentially just a cloud-based referential database. And yeah, I regret, I'm at like something ridiculous, like 1,300 properties now. And I regret not being more diligent on that because I know I'm missing out on outback earnings, but it it would be insanely time-consuming for me to go and do it retroactively. So save yourself the time, start tracking early. Yeah, you you can do it on the Airtable. You can do it on Google Sheets, Excel. 
you can even put it down in Word or you can even write it by hand. It's just, it's a lot easier to track. It's a lot easier to maximize your, your UPEX that you earn each month. And if you're somebody that doesn't have 1300 properties or 500 properties or 200 properties, it, once you get there, it makes it easy to manage it, Once you realize that, Hey, I can maximize this by swapping these properties out and listing the top two. I, I list the top two collections that they can belong to just in case I trump something. Cause that's what you don't want to do. You don't want to pull something out of a, out of a mission street and then it can fall into the mission district and it's the, what you pulled off of mission streets better than what you had in mission district. So you always want to list your top two that it falls into. So if you bump it out of one collection, it might be better for the collection right below it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'll be honest, the collections aren't going to stay around very much longer. They're, they're selling up the official ones. They're just filling up so darn quick. Like it's pretty insane. Yeah. And, and you did hit on something that we'll spend a show talking about too, is just the ab- ability to move properties because you have, it's your audience for that selection. You know, you have very few people that will be able to pick up the curators or the painted ladies or the crooked Lombard. And even when I bought my iconic collection, I, I spent a lot of money on it, but I also know there's very few people that I'll be able to sell it to. So that's why I slumlord it. Yeah, and I mean, things like the Iconic are going to be important. I mean, all of the top ones. I would say Iconic, Crooked, Painted. Um, the big thing there is also going to be how property development affects them because it'll be slightly different for those. Like Iconics, especially um, if you have, because those can be some larger lots. A lot of the Iconics actually have a fairly good um, up-squared size to be able to build something significant onto it. So you have to also think from an advertising perspective and like, a, a, you know, hey, interest, driving interest. Uh, things like Iconics and, and the museums have some pretty large. Painted Ladies and Crooked Lombard, they're all grouped together, which can be a plus or a minus. Because if you get, like, I know that the people with the Painted Ladies, that's part of Alamo Square, which uh, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, in the community collection piece. Um, it, you know, you'll have, but they're smaller, right? You can put a house, you can put a garden, but you're not going to build a massive, a massive, um, you know, building or structure on it just because they're they're kind of smaller lots and they're residential. So I mean, you're not really expecting to see big businesses run there, but certainly um, some of the lots for the museums and the iconics, um, financial districts, obviously we're doing for banks. The the interesting thing about the inaugural properties is they are they they do get the asterisk. Um, the 2.3x, but the thing is, they're so overpriced for the, like the initial value. Like it's it's you're paying 100% for advertising. You know, at 150 to 100, uh, 100 to 150 thousand a piece right now. Like the the original minting cost is usually under 10 thousand. So these are the first ones that people bought. Um, they're usually not the big fancy lots. There are a couple um, that would obviously fetch a significant amount more, but for the most part, they're just like normal properties. Think, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. Think of the first five properties you bought in Upland. 
Now, unless you're some super savvy guy, I know mine. I got, I bought the whole neighborhood around mine because just as a memento to like just getting into the game, just clicking buy on the first things you're around. That's what happened. So you'll see them around, but they're usually not of importance. They're like uh, memorable spots necessarily, but they are marked, which is cool. They have the, the red mark, the same as um, the Iconics actually. I can't remember my first property, but I know for sure the second one was in the Cow Hollow District and because I Googled the most expensive house for sale in San Francisco and it was like $26 million. It was on Scott Street, so I bought it. And then I rediscovered it when I saw the Cow Hollow and I tried to create hype. It didn't work. Uh, yeah, really, they didn't want to follow a flaming, barfing poo into battle. I mean, that's why cow. I should hang out. It's Cow Hollow. That's true, actually. Dude, Cow Hollow is really unmented. Holy cow. No pun intended. Yeah. It's wide open. Not too bad. Let's see. 8000 for a 15 up squares. Yeah, it's a little bit pricey. But, I mean, there's some... There's some properties in the eight to ten thousand. Yeah, I I think we've covered the collections pretty well. I got anything additional on that? Um, no. Again, it's it's really interesting. Get a part of Discord. Like, if you want to know what the hot, you know, neighborhoods are, shout out to uh, Corona. I will I will give this shout out Corona Heights. Um, it was really interesting. Obviously, if you're watching this now, you, the coronavirus, et cetera, if you're watching this in the future and it hasn't destroyed humanity, um, like Corona Heights was something a couple of people had, had mentioned to me. Like, yeah, this will probably be one of the last things sold out. Like, who wants to live in Corona Heights? And I swear, completely unrelated, somebody started creating hype around Corona Heights. Um, there was a couple big players started buying in. And now I think there's like less than like 40 properties left or something. Um, it's really cool to watch, be a part of. It's really exciting. And again, you don't need to spend a ton of money to be a part of some of these community collections. If you have a favorite neighborhood, um, come in, talk about it. Uh, you'll likely find other people who are excited about the neighborhood too. Um, and and really, it's, it's really fun to be a part of. Yeah, Minton Hill just sold out too. So that's another one to the sold out group. Yeah, Mint Hill, or some of the other, like, there's been some really cool ones that people like, well, and, and we mentioned Lakeshore, the Lakeshore buyout last time, and Bermersen, so, like, there's a lot, but yeah, yeah those, Mint Hill was another one, those, uh, shout, shout out to the, uh, I think they call Mint Hill Mob? Mafia. Mafia, no, I think they, they changed it to Mob now, so it's less scary, they, they're not they're not a threatening organization. They're a fun. They're a fun group of people. So don't be scared by the name. They just like the alliteration. I think. Gotcha. Yeah. Since since the last podcast, uh, Mint Hill was the only one I believe that sold out, and Corona Heights has just been on on a hot tear. Yeah. So. And that's the big all, thing yeah. with these neighborhoods selling out. It's it, it's great, but you also got to discuss with each other and make plans because for you to get your neighborhood collections, you're going to have to develop your neighborhoods with 
with houses, with businesses and adding on to it, uh, buying stuff from the nurseries. And, and once you hit certain thresholds, you'll be able to get that, get that neighborhood collection. They haven't really come out and said what that is, but I also don't think it's going to be super easy, but yet not super hard. So you're going to have to have so many properties reach certain levels of development or, or businesses reach certain levels from what I'm gathering. So these community channels are going to be great. Now, if you spread yourself too thin and you don't have a great collection setup, so you're not getting a great ROI and you're stuck with not enough uh, OPEX coming in and you can't invest anymore. I do got an article coming out on how you can turn a side hustle into more money for upland. Um, but that's the thing is if you're spread thin, you might want to start focusing on certain neighborhoods to help develop them so you can get those neighborhood collections. Yeah. Like that's definitely a smart plan. Um, and I mean, the thing is in San Francisco, you're going to be really safe. I'm not saying that every neighborhood in San Francisco will become a collection, but over time, keep in mind, property development is going to come to San Francisco first. Before it's launched in New York, before other cities are even launched, property development is going to be here. Um, a lot of the original players, like I, I know I have an affinity now for San Francisco. I'm planning on making it my home base and building up a lot of businesses here. And I, and I know my fellow outlanders are there too. So, you're going to see a lot of these become collections and, and become highly sought after. So find a neighborhood that you like, invest in it, get some properties, get, get, uh, I'd say three to four for yourself, but then also buy some extra ones. Right. Cause that way, if, if you, if you meet somebody in the game or you just want to sell it to another investor, um, get yourself some extra ones. So that way you can flip them after you've uh, built up the neighborhood. Cause that's how you end up profiting. You don't want to, end up having to sell out of the neighborhood that just built up. So just think about that as well. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much all that I had on property development and what you have to think about for the future as this game continues to develop. But I do believe Manhattan will roll out before property development because they said they were like 90% sure. So there is, I like your optimism. You like that 10% that, hey, property development's coming first. Oh, no, 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 no. It won't come first. New York will come first, but New York is going to launch vanilla. So correct. property development, when it rolls out, is not going to roll to New York. It That's will correct. be in San Francisco. So New York isn't going to have official collections or unofficial collections or treasure hunts or anything when it rolls out. It'll be completely vanilla, um, which is cool because then it's like if you weren't around a year ago when the game was vanilla, this gives you a chance to – explore and you know take a guess what is going to be a hot neighborhood you know which is going to be a museum which is going to be an iconic um you know those type of things or what what are they going to do instead of museums i assume they'll probably do something similar um and iconics i would have to assume will also be there so it, it gives you a new it, it's almost like a different game type when it's vanilla um but then san francisco will continue to advance its features yeah and speaking of getting to New York City, you got to go to the airport. And I noticed that there's two new airport members. Uh, DK oh, Dog. Yeah. DK Dog bought a property. Shout out to DK. Yeah, he Love bought Domestic Terminal 2, parcel number 3 out of 11. 
and then the Lou Daddy. So of course, Big Lou. He picked up uh, five of eleven on Terminal Two, so that leaves only one one property left in Terminal Two. And then whenever they release the International Terminal in San Francisco, uh, that's still that has not been released. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's if you so. And I get I get asked a lot about Terminal Two. I mean, I own three. Um, I own two in SFO and one in JFK. Uh, yeah, that's going to so, be very interesting. And uh, still haven't heard anything for the plans of the terminal. We do have our speculations of your epic size will allow your travelers. And- well, we do know some facts. So your your up squared size will determine your number of travelers allowed presumably per day. Uh, and it sounds like there's going to, so this is the way that the travel works today. So let's say that you're floating around San Francisco. You have to send your Explorer to SFO. So you have to pick a terminal, send it to SFO. Once you're there, you then will be able to select any other terminal or any other airport. So in this case, there's only JFK out in New York. And so domestic, you can fly domestic. You click there. Now, the thing is, they said that there's going to be a plane ticket. So you're, you're paying to travel to the airport. The plane ticket goes back, as I understand it, to the community pool. So you pay to fly. You say, okay, I'm going from SFO to JFK. You have to buy a plane ticket, and that will go to the community pool. And then I guess you pay the travel fee. All of that is not very clear, honestly, on like how you you travel today. It's super easy. Click on a terminal, pay its fee. If you fly, thank me later, airlines. Um, I can be found at both SFO and JFK. It's twenty upx. You can click on the terminal, hit visit, fly there, go to JFK, find terminal. Uh, my my lot is parcel one, of course. And then click fly, and you'll you'll zoom across the map fairly quickly. So the actual mechanics of traveling uh, haven't been really worked out, and that's why I think that there's some hesitation to buy in. They're very expensive parcels. The only collection you can currently put them in is the uh, like City Pro for SFO, and JFK can only get like a 1.1 return for the newbie. Um, the, the newbie. So. You're not going to get a ton of interest on them right now. And obviously people aren't traveling. So you're not making a ton of revenue and they follow the same, um, pricing as any other property of 20 to a hundred up X in the future. I expect that to be more. I think it'll have a different pricing visiting structure. Cause that's the idea is how airports make money. Also property development. We haven't really discussed that, but I mean, they are uniquely positioned to have, high traffic through business areas. So maybe that's a draw to them as well. So it'd be really interesting to see how um, airports play out. It's probably one of the bigger speculative plays. They've made it seem like it's going to be very profitable. Um, And so we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it is for all the uh, current uh, owners. Yeah, that that's something we'll just wait and see. And hopefully it, turns out to be very profitable as you have cities opened up all over the world and you fly in and fly out 
So, um, I think pretty much we've hit collections and how to maximize your return on investment, a couple of different strategies, make sure you're getting a spreadsheet, talked about our two new airport owners, some property development thoughts about centralizing where you want to, where you want to locate and how you'll be able to help your community. Um, I think the only thing we have left here is announcing the winner of our four Alamo square properties. Oh, I'm excited. So I did use wheelofnames.com and added everybody's name into that. Uh, if I was more prepared, I guess I could have live streamed this or recorded it, but I'll go ahead and hit the wheel and spin and we go round and round and round. We have uh, all the names on there and the winner is, oh man, how do I say this? Uh-oh. <laughs> is it Kachao? K-A-C-I-A-O? Kachao? Yeah. Oh, man, I like Kachao. So do I. So congratulations, Kachao. You are the winner in the UPX podcast giveaway of Alamo Square. Uh, we'll work on getting you the properties over the next couple of days. There's four of us involved, so we'll work that out. Congratulations. Thanks for su- subscribing. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to say his name. Yeah, I know it's Casial. Yeah. Well, I have to ask him. I have to ask him how to say his name. Could be Casial. Could be I like Cachao. Cachao. I'm gonna call him Cachao. He's got the Sasquatch. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a Sasquatch. The Sasquatch is yeah, the winner. Sasquatch, Bigfoot, Cachao. Congrats, man. And then we'll make uh, the correction once he tells us how to properly say his name on the next podcast. Yes, absolutely. Uh, one other personal plug for me. Um, hopefully by the time this is live, I have some more content on it, uh, but you're going to see a lot of hype and excitement around uh, a new website coming up Guru. So please check out upland.guru. Um, it'll have a lot of my articles and content as well as I'll be hosting uh, content from some of the other previously mentioned UCN participants and just community members in general. If you are interested in being featured on Upland.Guru, please reach out to me. Thank me later on any of the mediums that you can reach me, Twitter or Discord or Telegram, actually, too, but. Mostly Twitter, Discord. Telegram's dying. Right? Can we just we just, just <laughs> force them out for? Can we just force them out for Telegram? Like, oh, I'm sorry. I know we have a lot of crypto people, and Telegram's a big in crypto, and Telegram's big in general. But as the game moves more towards gaming and less towards crypto, Discord is a gaming communication. You need the channels to be able to discuss different things. There's a lot of reasons. I'm happy to debate this. Come on, come online, hit me up. Let's talk it through. But um, some cool features in Telegram, but it is, it's really dying. And the official Upland servers are way more active um, on Discord now. So come check it out for sure. And a disclaimer, I do know my, I got a lot of feedback once again on my microphone. Um, recording in a different spot today. I will get my microphone sounding right. Sounds like we have improved Thank Me Later's audio. 
And we did take some of your guys' feedback and incorporate it into the show. We do appreciate it. We do listen to you guys. Reach out to us on Discord in the DMs or on Twitter itself. Um, for myself and for Thank Me Later, thanks for listening to the second episode of the UPX Podcast. We'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>